Welcome to the Inebriated Debrief, coming to you live from the Peach State Bunker Studios here in the great state of Georgia. We are back once again. I've got Dr. Jerry Payne. Got it right this time. Thank you very much. Yes, Buck sir. Bud Light. Hey, Buck Bud Light. There I we stand go. with Kid Rock. S- starting, starting off strong today. <laughs> we also got my man Sean Wilson, live from Boston. What's up, boys? There he is. How there we doing? he is. And then our, our special guest today is uh, a, a true go-getter out here. Uh, Staff Sergeant and Major Jason Quinn, glad to have you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, it's an honor. Man. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, I guess just kicking it off. I mean, you're going to start straight off with the fuck Bud Light. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm abstaining from drinking. I'm not drinking anything at all because I'm so damn irritated. Well, that's going on what uh, four four well, weeks now. <laughs> I, I stopped having whiskey for Lent, even though I'm not Catholic. Uh, I just needed to dry out a little bit. So yeah, we got uh, that's I don't know. Fat Tuesday was. About a month ago, Easter Sunday though, so right, right around the corner now. Getting hammered on Monday, <laughs> <laughs> a little egg hunt followed by some whiskey. I get it, dude. Mm-hmm. So let's see what else. Um, yeah, man, that was an interesting thing. You know what? I haven't drank the uh, the Bud Light piss water in years anyway, just because I thought it was awful. So that doesn't really affect me either way. But watching Kid Rock shoot a whole damn table rack full of those is just pretty hysterical in general. So <laughs> he mag dumped those cases. <laughs> That's so funny. Sean, did you see yeah. any of that? No, I didn't see. I, I saw the whole uh, like campaign and all that, whatever. But no, I didn't see Kid Rock. What did he? What did he do? Dude, literally came out and was like, "What do you say, Granddaddy's up? Got some words yeah, or something he to say, say he today?" Said, like Granddaddy's uh, grumpy today or something. And he said, "I'm gonna keep this real short and simple." And then he just like pulls up from out of frame. He's got it looked like a pistol carbine to me. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't say anything. And then it pans over. There's like three cases of Bud Light on a table about. 20 yards away and he just mag dumps this thing but he had a he had the giggle switch on it. He had the full, the fully auto switch so I was like shit. <laughs> it was either it was either fully auto or he had the full on uh like that the bionic trigger or whatever that shit is to like get the, the yeah but it was the binary the yeah. binary yeah. The effect yeah, was, was there. Yeah, yes. it was there like yeah. you 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 turns around you, okay. you knew the point he yeah. was making. Yeah. And then he turns around and he goes fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch. So. <laughs> Gives the bird and walks out of, out of frame. I've always been a Coors Light well, man myself, was, Silver Bullet. Hey, that's, you know what, that's pretty predictable. Yeah. But you know what that sounds like, though? That sounds like about 90% of the Lance Corporals in the Marine Corps. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, they've, they've done something to, to some extent, especially at right. the end of a range when they're like, hey, we got to get rid of all this ammo, <laughs> and they just get to have at it. Yeah, and then during Iraq and Afghanistan, the, those 90% of Lance Corporals were promoted to sergeant. Yeah, that was a... Uh, <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, well, you know, you need some, <laughs> you need some hard chargers there, man. Right, that's Straight right. Blow up a case of Bud Light whenever you get a chance. <laughs> hey, boys deserve a pay raise. Let's see, what else going on this week? So, um, I, you know, one of the other big topics kind of coming on was the old... So the, the women's NCAA championship. Everybody's giving Angel resale because she literally gave uh, uh, Caitlin Clark the whole, I don't know, in your face, like John Cena, you can't see me, blah, blah, blah. And then did the Joe Burrow, like tap the hand for the ring when they won. And everybody's mad because they were like, she she directly did it to her. We need to like, add some context to this. You're only talking about this because it's LSU. Well, look. You do not care about women's college basketball. Well, look, I don't. But they are. it is LSU, so go Tigers. <laughs> but on the back end, it's made big headlines because – Everybody's made the comment that she did it to her, and it was just, it it wasn't right, blah blah blah. 
even Caitlin Clark came out, I think yesterday, and was like, hey, I don't know why she's getting any any like flack for this. Like she's like, this is a competition. It's competitive. Matter of fact, it's what women's college sports needs is this kind of back and forth to make it more entertaining. And dude, if you watch the NFL, NBA, I mean, dudes in NCAA college football, they all talk shit. I mean, what the fuck? Who cares? Well, like, I, exactly. I, I think it's we, we forgot. I don't, but you know, people just about. get butt hurt. We have, and and that's what I mean. There's. The whole point is it's a competition in general. So, I mean, there's going to be, if you're not trash talking, then, I mean, honestly, like, what the fuck's even the point of being out there? Well, it almost makes you seem like you're not even competitive if you can't talk a little shit every now and then. I mean, exactly. fucking Larry Bird was supposedly one of the greatest trash talkers of all time, dude. Oh, How Larry do you think was he was savage. so good? I mean, he was, he was good. He was good, but fuck, man. He was in the head every night, too. That helped. There's something, too, though, a guy like Tim Duncan who just goes out there and puts up his numbers and does his shit and doesn't say a damn word to nobody. There's something uh, like ice-cold killer about that that I respect. The silent professional. Yeah. The one you can't read. Yeah, yeah. That's, you can't read that's, them. That's true. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and I, I, but I, I say that's one of those things, too. If you're going to do that, that's a career-long thing, man. It is. Like, you can't. 50-50 that. If you're going to be that ice-cold, stone-cold dude that just doesn't say anything, just goes out there and perform. And on two frames, it looks good. You got a bad game, you didn't say shit. You don't look too bad. You have a great game, they're like, this dude's an animal. Didn't say shit. All right. And like, so it, it works both ways, but you start, you start kind of mixing that and convoluting it, then you get stuck in that, like, just that, I don't know, that poser in the middle. So, well, there's, there's also the timing yep. of things as well, right? Because if you're the silent professional, when you have an outburst, when done appropriately and timed correctly, yep. it has a bigger impact. Than the little mini barking dog that can't bite nobody. Agreed, Sean. You were up there as a Boston well, fan, but your boy, su- your boy KG. Well, suppo- supposedly, uh, suppose well, dude, KG was fucking barking at people, fucking headbutting dudes. <laughs> but KG, KG actually told a story about Tim Duncan. He, he said, "Yeah, he was mostly a professional, but he's like, you guys didn't see like the shit. He would just do subtle shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be like, ooh, he'd be like, ooh, almost, nice try." You know, just like little shit like that, where it was just like "fuck you, dude." You know, just to, just enough to just enough to just enough to piss you off, where you know he's not saying shit. The crowd can't see it. The, t- the TV cameras can't see it. He'd be like, "Oh, nice try, almost. You suck." Yeah, that's an old man. You know, yeah. so I, I, that's respectable. And then you got the opposite. If you take the like Warren Sapp, for example, his on the field antics and everything he did made him the bad boy of the NFL. But he never talked about all of his nonprofit work that he did off the field. Oh yeah, there's a lot of those guys that move in silence like that, and that's yeah. that's really respectable, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let's see what else is wrong. So obviously, you know, being here in the great state of Georgia, Atlanta Braves got kicked off last week, as oh, did yeah. all, all MLB. But Braves starting off hot with a little five and one record, putting work up in Washington, then just sweeping the cards. So I can't be upset about that. Opening day here tomorrow. Who do we have this weekend? We got, we got the Padres. Oh, yeah. We got okay. a great series to bring bring here to the Oh, eight. damn, dude. So that's going to be that's, a fun run. So. What's uh, what's on the uh, agenda tomorrow there, Ralph? Uh, I'm going to work a half day, then I'll be at the game. So nine holes yeah. in the morning? or Where do you would you just go to the – yeah, nine. what are you doing? <laughs> Bro, dude, we're gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hit the office, and actually me and the wife are going to go. So, dude, I will tell you this, and it's been, been raining true since I got out in 2011. Um Braves opening day is a national holiday, so I'm at it every year. I do not miss it. I will take – if I've got – dude, if it's a 1 o'clock game, I'm not working. 
Matter of fact, if it's a four o'clock game, I'm probably not going to work that day. Like I'm taking it off regardless. Benefit of being, you know, small business owner, set those uh, those schedules. But I'm going first game every year. So my boy, uh, my boy. So do you pregame? What's the move? Oh yeah. Well, you know what? This year's going to be a little down because everybody that typically goes with us is out of town this year. So be a little more low key. So the wife and I are going to go down a little early and um, probably hit the battery for a little bit. But it's uh my, my boy Spencer Strider's on the mound tomorrow, so I'm channeling that inner mustache, mm-hmm. trying to get that going. Uh, got that new City Connect jersey, things dope. So oh, is that the uh, that's the, like the the old school colors? Yeah, yeah. the throwback. They kind of yeah the modified throwback. So it's pretty dope. So I'll be looking forward to rocking that tomorrow and watching uh you know the stash. You got the little fuzzy caterpillar growing up there pretty I'm, well. I'm letting it happen, letting it happen. So hopefully he goes out there, throws gas, gives us good six and a half, seven. That's what I hope you know what i aim for on the weekends <laughs> i've heard that get about a, you get a mediocre five though sorry <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're uh, skipping one major thing what's that uh first time in history a former president has been indicted Ooh, yeah we didn't on yeah. damn near nothing well look <laughs> yeah. you know what are you gonna do man when the when the cards are always stacked against you it's bound to be some you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out it's gonna be lawyers and judges getting paid and Donnie T is probably going to be collecting more money off the back end of this. Like, just he's going to sue people just because he can, not because he needs it, obviously. But I think they said twenty funny. mil rolled in on his uh, donations when they announced the indictment and uh, or the arraignment. I forget. I don't know how all these terms work. I'm not a lawyer, uh, not that kind of doctor. And uh, <laughs> fair enough. He um, even like the hardcore <laughs> like CNN was saying yesterday. Like, yeah, there's really not much here. They got him on 34 counts of. I think falsifying documents, but there's no federal crime that it's all tied to. So there's nothing there. Yeah, there's really it, nothing wasn't there. wasn't even in the indictment, apparently. And that's where they're like, you're missing the major component of an indictment is that you're supposed to actually have like the charges and it's not there. So I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting to see it, how it all dude, plays it's, out. It's, it's, a, it's a fucking soap opera every time. Well, it could have a negative impact on business, though. That That's the, you know, whether... Whatever side of the fence you sit on, yep. sit on it. I don't give a fuck. Um, but look at the implications of this. Now, if you don't like a political opponent, indict them. Uh, not only that, if they own a business, then say they are unethical in their business practices and write some new laws. Well, the second and third order effect of that is it drops down onto us business owners way down here, mm-hmm. and we actually get fucked. Yep. It's all, well, that's how it's always worked. Look, big big business always makes money. and never It's, it's the small business the smaller guy that always gets affected, you know, and I had the conversation today with someone just talking about, I was like, look, like the government doesn't care about small business, even though small, small business is a huge percentage of it's the backbone of, of, of yeah. this economy. They don't care about it. Cause they understand at the, in the grand scheme, as far as taxes are concerned, your job, your, your business folds. What does that mean? You end up working at Walmart or home Depot or Amazon or that. So like the big business is going to get more employees. They're going to get more tax dollars because now they're writing off another W two. Now they're going to get more tax credits because they're writing off this, that, and the and the third. So they don't, <coughs> excuse me, they don't necessarily care for the for the small business owner. So it all comes back, man. Like at the end of the day, it's it's you know it's going to be taxes. That's well, all I care this about. This shit is uh it's a pendulum that swings, and I just think the Democrats are fully committed to this, and they just don't think that this pendulum is going to come back the other way and act like. Oh, you don't think that the Republicans are going to do the same damn thing when y'all aren't in power? All right, well, let's see how this plays out. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that, sh- hopefully this never happens again. Right, I'm with happen. you, Sean. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. I well, I agree that I think that'd be the best route. I think if it does swing back, what you're going to see is it's going to be a more methodical, thought out process. Like 
their their attack will actually be substance to whatever they go. They're not going to go after just whatever this half-ass made-up crap. Like, there's going to be substance to whatever they go after. Now, whether they should, I don't know, because I think it's better to right the country and get it in the right direction. But if you see it swing back hard the other direction, it's probably going to be way more thought out, and there's going to be substance behind it, not just, I guess, a witch hunt, for lack of better words. Damn it. <clears throat> Feels like we just got done with election season. Yeah. yeah. This shit's going to start. It's rolling, like, right? It's firing up in like three like, months, man. Yep. So... Well, we keep having the the runoffs here in Georgia. Yep. You know, I don't know about up there in Massachusetts. I bet you guys are pretty locked in with with everybody you have up there. I, I think they were actually on a fucking boat oh, from, yeah. from England, you know, in, yeah. in the 1600s and shit, you know. Uh, I, I grew up in Connecticut, so I'm I'm used to that area up there. Oh, UConn won the tournament, that uh, the men's tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. That's your boys. Yeah. That was a um, – that game was great for about the first three minutes. Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay, they're going to make this. And then as I was, like, making that sentence, the wheels fell off. <laughs> and they tried to make a little run there at one point. I think they brought it back to, like, eight or something. And was then, it San Diego State? Yeah. They brought it back to, like, eight, and then it just – it absolutely fell off. I, I, I ended up going to bed. I think it was damn near 20 points mm-hmm. by the end. So, whatever it was. All right. Well, that's what's going on in the world. Yeah, man. We I solved all the problems. Yeah, you just listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah, lastly and, on that, did you guys see the uh, Salvadorian president? No. What he said about it? No. He he said, "Think what think what you want about former president President Trump and the reasons he's being indicted, but just imagine if this happened in any other country where a government arrested the main opposition candidate, the United States' ability to use quote unquote democracy as a foreign policy is gone." Yeah. I mean, it's the, what, what the fuck are we doing in all these other countries trying to fix them, and we're doing shit like this here. So I really. I mean, we look like fucking idiots, you know, per usual. Well, I mean, or, as of late, we can, as of late, per usual. Hey, Sean, or you can take a look at it and say, is this part of a hundred year war? Is this part of a true campaign plan and the placement of leaders across the globe? I mean, you could look at it that way. Do you think it's that deep? I'm not sure. I mean, honestly, it depends on which conspiracy theorist you talk to, but. Look there, at how we move about the world. I mean, there's been talking yeah, about the world what country for a long you talk time, to, so yeah. There's yeah. no there's no telling, man. I mean, it's it, it's interesting facts. I mean, obviously the other thing that's happened this week and there's and there's context to this too, so it's not as black and white as they made it seem, but <clears throat> you've got multiple you got multiple countries that are getting rid of the US dollar as trade currency and things like that. Now, some of it, was, you know, apparently is set up as like because in certain countries the dollar is still worth so much that for them to have a US dollar is like not necessarily attainable, so they use small. So I think like the ru- like the rubles was one where it's like they can have you know a thousand rubles, and you know it's still not a U.S. dollar, but they can trade with it themselves easier. Whereas like the dollars got the value there. Well, it's, all, it's, all, it's all about the oil trade, and it's all tied to how they're buying and selling oil. Yeah, right. So that that brings you into the four components of national power: diplomacy, information, military, and what you just talked about is economics. Mm-hmm. So if you if you give up one of those powers, you become weaker on the world stage. Yep. So when, like, take, for example, if Brazil aligns with Russia and China and Iran and Saudi Arabia economically, well, the U.S. just lost that ability and that action arm between the United States and Brazil, thus eroding away our relationships with those 
countries because if I'm Russia and I can pump all this money into Brazil, mm-hmm. well, then Brazil doesn't care about the United States anymore at all. Agreed. And all those yeah, they don't need us for trade or nothing. And all those tariffs and all those restrictions that we put on yep. uh, on Russia does not seem to be. I thought we were choking them out. What's going on now? Because they seem to be doing quite all right. Well, you got a pretty. I mean, dude, Russia's a pretty self-sustaining country. So, you know, obviously their their hard trade yeah, times are. They in, have in everything we years, need, but as far yeah. as gas and oil and all that shit. Well, I think they just said Japan's going to start like trading oil with Russia. That's one of the things I read is that they're going to start actually like. They're gonna, I think they said they'd pay a little bit more to buying make sure that they're like them. start buying from Russia because it's essentially more guaranteed instead of the, the Saudi oil and all this. And that's I'll be honest. I mean, this conversation it's way above my head because I understand aspects of it, but like it's so in, it's so deep and in depth and in, into like what's actually going on that it's uh you know I, I, all you know, all you know is that like people that are allies are making moves which are like questionable and they're not huge moves but they're big enough to be like oh, well hang on now like what. What's going on? And in the grand scheme, like you said, out of the out of the, the the four components, you start chipping away, man. Like, what do you got now? End of the day, unless this government completely destroys it, our military is still top notch. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, when it comes down to the actual fighting capabilities and the technology, like we're top notch. There are other there are a few other countries that are are competing though in in that in that stage. But it's, you know, it just makes you like, I don't know. There's a lot to it. Yes, there's, I mean, so much all the way down to the individual warfighter, right? When we get down into the actual will. And people, I mean, when you look at it, it's a human enterprise. And that's what you have to really get into. You can have the best equipment in the world, but if you don't have the people to actually employ those systems against your adversary, then your adversary is going to win. They're going to have the will to to outfight you and work around you and just continue. I mean, look at Afghanistan. They, they they used us and fought the Russians, and then they fought us, and they just waited us out. I mean, they said they were going to do it. And and ideal I, I, and being over there, that's and all they you did. know, being over there, you see, like, I mean, that you see it they, firsthand. <laughs> there's 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 aspects of what we do and what we bring, and 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 we clearly were on the small scale of where our government was trying to do it because. The whole purpose of going to Afghanistan, ideally, was to catch Bin Laden. That was the concept. You know, it's funny that we get you get hit by by you know Al Qaeda, as they say. So we go to fight that, but then immediately go to Iraq. And everybody knows why you're in Iraq because that you're still dealing with damn Saudi and oil money and 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 the democracy rolling there. And then you go to Afghanistan, who are actually the components. You know, I guess where the where Al Qaeda was so supposedly hiding. That that did you know the nine eleven stuff? So it was it was an interesting I don't know feat to get over there to see like what what are we doing? Because even being there, like they didn't care, and you help certain aspects, but like in the grand scheme, like they weren't changing their way. Especially when you got out to some of those like small towns and cities, like nothing we did other than bringing them a you know some some water and food and a few supplies types. Like you weren't changing their ways out there. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, when when Americans, it's just I've just traveling out, even outside of the Middle East, all over the world, dude. Everyone's got different customs, uh, you know, different ways of life. The, the when I go to these other countries and I see, I just think about us trying to force like Western civilization, like 
thought in these people's minds, it's fucking laughable, dude. They don't, they don't want anything to fucking do with it. It's a waste of fucking time. It's insane. Well, if I'm sitting in a country and we've got good traditions and we've been going along for several hundred or thousand years, and I look online and I see the shit that's coming out of America that gets the most attention these days, I don't want any part of that. I mean, that's what the internet does is amplify. It does amplify the good, but it also super amplifies the bad. It's like, all right, we got teenage girls taking off their clothes, dancing on Instagram and TikTok. We got uh, fights in the hood, fights in the country, fights in the cities. What else is going on? Uh, we're arresting our politicians, <laughs> bringing them up on charges. Like, what? Yeah, I don't want any part of that. We're not setting a good example for ourselves. No. And, and when you look at Afghanistan, then I think we all know the whole reason we went in there was it's economics. Uh, it, and it's also positioning. Uh, when you look at where it sits globally, uh, you know, all the precious metals in the mountains up there mm-hmm. and those types of things, you know, it, if you, again, goes back to placing leaders around the world. Uh, if you get an Afghan face out there that is going to side with the United States, then that puts pressure on China. When China tries to come in or do, or do deals through the government for trade of precious metals, now the U.S. has their hand yeah, directly Russia involved and, in Yeah, I, t- I, t- I totally yeah. get that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I totally yeah, understand that, that aspect we of it. But now we're no longer we're no longer in Afghanistan anymore. Right. So. So it was we, just kind of a but let's, tra- let's, it was a but, what was it like a two, 20, 20 year lease basically yeah we, so let's we, walk we that, leased them out in case case Russia fucked with us and say like, oh, okay well we're already we're already right next to them now so let's go let's go let's battle now, right. now we're, we've all packed up and been done with it yeah and and in that process though those second and third order effects that were felt because we couldn't just be over there saying that. So here we are. Right. We at the tactical yeah. level are actually impacting these Afghan citizens in a positive way. Uh, and for those of you who've deployed to Afghanistan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, everybody pictures you walking around Afghanistan, getting blown up, shoot up, high Mars flying, jets all over there 24 7. Yeah. They, okay. Whatever, dude. If that's what you lived, you were fucking Rambo. Congratulations. Uh, the rest of us were patrolling around the Vils, and we were interacting with the people, and we were trying to figure out who's the bad guy and why, though. But why are they the bad guy? What they, the, they call the through all that. What they, what they call the sit-downs with the sheiks and stuff? Oh, doing the shuras? The shuras, yes. Yeah. Is I that mean, with the tea out there in the desert, guys? Because I've seen them uh, make some tea. Yeah, good tea as well. Yeah, I mean, it was it's good. Well, like, and that's what, that's what they mm-hmm. did. You know, I mean, so... I obviously not being a grunt, but in a, being in a grunt unit, when we got ready to deploy to Afghanistan, like I got moved to a uh, personal security uh, detachment to actually guard our battalion commander. So this dude pumped us up before we go. He's like, dude, Beirut battalion, they killed 243 people in Beirut. Da, da. We're going to go out there and take 243. So I'm like, hell yeah, dude, this dude wants to get after it. Let's do it. As soon as we get there, dude, 180, we're doing Shuras. We're doing this. You can't wear I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere, Musakela, yes. and I can't wear a beanie after seven o'clock in the morning when it's fourteen degrees outside. You can't wear a big bear over over top of your damn cami tops. Like, if if you wanted a big bear, you better you better get a size cami top bigger because it had to be underneath. And and it was like every everything changed. It all became very 
presentation with him and like doing this and, and so like I mean it became kissing babies and shaking hands and this dude probably you know I won't put him on blast but this dude with us probably left the wire we drove him out after with seven months probably fourteen times what uh, what year <clears throat> that was uh, two thousand ten ten up in Moose so we were just north of Sangin um, in yeah. that, on yeah, that yeah. deployment now. Sangin was getting rocked at that time. Yeah, Sangin's a rough place, and it was getting yeah. it was getting it's a very rough. So place. Musa Kayla, about six seven months before we got there, there was another unit. I believe it's two five two seven. One of those units, I believe, was was there right before we got there, and we uh, transitioned over with them. They got there right after. There was an, an English. Uh, there was an English uh, unit that was out there. These dudes were getting hammered so hard that they. There's video you can find on YouTube, I believe. They signed an agreement that they they told the Taliban they're like and literally like if you will let us leave without killing us we'll leave this place. They're driving out with Taliban's literally escorting them out of Musakela, and and taking it back over. So then, two, I, like I said, I can't remember if it was two five two seven came in, came back in, and they were hammering Musakela's AO heavy for a while. And then we came in to kind of sit and sit. And so, like, you know, it was a little kinetic in our area, um, and, and especially north of it and then south of it. But, like I said, just south of us, a couple miles, you know, I, I say couple, you know, 50-something miles, I think, like, was singing. So close enough to be pretty pretty wild. They were getting, like, I, the companies, that the unit came in there was getting tore up when they first came in, unfortunately. You know, and it was like, because it was just, it was bad. So the last thing our BC did which, you know, and I get you're making moves, you know, working for that full bird. Last thing he did before we left, like a week and a half, and we and we literally leave country. This dude's like, hey, we're going to do a push south through this city. So it looked, you know, and I just think of this way, like, looks good on his record because, hey, if we can clear this city and get us, get us, you know, two, three miles closer, then, you know, it is. So, like, he made that push. And now, fortunately, honestly, our unit, our, we, had a, we had an outstanding unit. We ran through that city. They thought it was going to be an all-day push. I mean, we had multi-QRS set up. Like, it was a huge move. Dude, they ran through the city in, like, two hours. Came through, cleared. I don't even know if there were shots fired, man. They pushed through, ran everybody out. Like, it was clean, as clean as you could go through. The only shots I do remember hearing firing was, like, we had two Cobras flying overhead. And you heard them kind of burnt out a few times. And that was about it. Um, and then we pushed, held, and then obviously turned over. But that was the last big book. Now, I also say that from a lower enlisted point of view. So you having a little more intel from the, you know, from from the from the officer side and from the actual, you know, the true tactical and, and planning and what you're going to do. So like there may be more to that. It just it, it, I, it does look good, you know, on a on a report to be like, hey, right before we left this country, man, by the way, we cleared, you know. So 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 this is what this is what I think it comes down to is. It comes down a lot to like your command philosophy, yep. right? And so, to me, I don't know this gentleman, but he seems to be like very hands-on, right? Like he has to be involved, and he has to what I like to call micromanage, and doesn't necessarily understand distributive ops, because it sounds like he was setting up a left seat, right seat. So here you go, you got all the company commanders from the battalion that's ripping with you guys there, mm -hmm. but yet it's all of your Marines who've been there. Yep. And these officers get to walk behind the Marines who've been in country for – look, that's fucking wrong. The way it goes is you send them to the patrol bases they're at, and those company commanders get their ass out there in the field, and they go because they're always at the point of friction. You don't, you don't put yourself as the point man. That's just stupidity, right? You're the brains. You shouldn't be the first one to be shot. Like you got to – it sounds – 
was word am I looking for here? Uh, counterintuitive. Right, but you can't you can't take out the brains right away. Right, you take out the chain of command, you cut off the head. We always hear about that yeah. kind of stuff. No, right, absolutely. so you position yourself, but that doesn't mean you sit back and watch all your fucking marines die, mm-hmm. and you don't put them in the situation to be like that when it could be run a much more effective and efficient way by distributing it out like you've been doing for the whole damn deployment. Yep. So and who really needs it is not the officers, but it is the enlisted. Absolutely. That need to actually walk that ground. Absolutely. So you have both perspectives, and I want to talk about your military career because you started enlisted and then yes, crossed over. Yeah. How did that, like, talk a little bit about your progression through the military. So we call okay. that a, a Mustang, by the way. Uh, yeah, so just, you know, real, the, the wave tops. I joined in 96 in a 3rd Battalion, Kilo Company. It's the hardest on the island. Of course, Paris Island, San Diego guys, hey. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I, I got hey, you. Hey, 3B, right. hey, 3B kilo over here, man. 3B kilo. Uh, you know, from there uh, to School of Infantry, to Infantry Training Battalion, to be an 0311. Um, this is before 0321 was the primary MOS, was reconnaissance. Uh, then, of course, recon shows up um, while you're at ITB and says, who, who wants to give it a shot? I said, well, I definitely do. So I went recon past the NDOC, BRC. Actually went up to Fort Story before it was consolidated um, out at, at Pendleton. Uh, from there, your second recon, couple deployments, uh, bed floats, what, what everybody likes to call the old uh, booze cruise. <laughs> now, were they now, true booze, true uh, booze well, cruises, or one, were they like... One of them was. The other one was the Kosovo, Gator Squares, Two okay. Beers, Steel Beach Picnic. I want to jump off this fucking ship. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. As you watch... Bombs explode and stuff come off the rails into Kosovo. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Yeah, our unit, I think right when I got there, man, they had just got back, I guess like five, six months earlier from a a true booze crew. So they they hit the old, I think they hit Italy, Spain, France, came back through the med, hit Djibouti for the two, three weeks, knocked that out, rolled around to UAE. They love that one, that love that part. Came back. I think they hit Djibouti again for a training op, and then literally came back through the Med again and caught. Yeah. I don't think they caught all the uh, the countries again, but then I think hit hit. I believe Italy and Spain again on the way out. So yeah, that that's a whole nother podcast. Amphibious operations. That that's we should have a topic. Yeah, and uh, and that's where we could share those stories. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one because we could talk about yeah, hey, amphibious operations. Do we actually still need it? But, you know, there's schools of thought out there that it's a, an archaic way of moving about the battle space uh, because battle space is no longer linear and the coastal defense systems um, that are out there not to mention just the range of missiles and keeping them inland correct you know so it, there, there's a lot of talks about the amphibious roots and amphibiosity in the marine corps but those are still skill sh- skill sets that people oh, should possess yes we better keep that as a marine corps like yeah. the, the reason then again this is one man's opinion the reason why our army is so large is because it's an occupation force and they should be the ones that are on the cutting edge of technology and the marine corps should be well versed in current technologies and ready to deploy it right now stop worrying about the future let the army do that and here's why i'm telling you you're the lessons learned and giving it all to the army the army's applying it all you're doing it daily Continue to focus on the daily. Don't mission creep into the army. Right? It's America's 911 force. And that's why we need our amphibious ships because that is a way to crisis response. And I'd say our aircrafts and the things that we are developing 
are going to be able to move those. Uh, and so I consider an amphibious operation at sea basing when you come from the sea. Well, you know, I guess to touch on that, I mean, if you're fighting a modern country, the amphibious aspect's probably null and void. And most now you're fighting at a you know a country that's not on that level that doesn't have some of the you know the beach or sea aspects to kind of counter that. And yeah, but you're sitting there essentially talking about now. Granted, our navy's great when you talk about what they can do from you know while you're getting on on land. Well, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't mean you're not getting hammered in the back end by whatever technology you're going against if you're going against someone on that same level. But I do think the skill set is still very beneficial because if you ever do need it and decide to use it, then it's an incredible skill set to have. So, it, did you did you do anything like that? Did you do amph- amphibious op- operations? Yeah, we, we did. Aside so. from the training, obviously? Uh, well, no, I wasn't a part of the MEB-A that went into Afghanistan. I mean, that's the whole way we got into Afghanistan. So it's an amphibious operation, right? So they flew in from the sea. Um, the Marines took over and created FOB Rhino, which was the expeditionary airfield that got every single troop until, you know, they started building other airfields. Um, so, yeah, it was an amphibious operation that secured Afghanistan for us. And so at a certain point, you went from enlisted to commissioned officer, yeah? Yes, okay, yeah. How so did that, how did that um, go? So we went from basic reconnaissance course to the deployments from second recon, uh, and so that that is when I transitioned over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a program called Boost at the time. as was uh, broad an opportunity for officer selection and training. They got rid of that program. It was like only like 24% of the applicants actually graduated college. Uh, mm-hmm. It was set up uh, for like, you know, at risk. Like think about you were at risk youth prior to joining the Marine Corps. Like you really didn't have that road to college. Like that—that's what that was designed for, yeah. um, and I'll tell you, like. So, I, so that was a program prior to enlistment. No, 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 during enlistment. So, so you stay, okay. in, you stay enlisted. Uh, you go and you spend uh, ten months up at Newport, Rhode Island. Right, and you you take classes, English, math, science, just you know, kind of basics, get you back in the swing of, of school. Yeah. Uh, and from that, only only 24% would actually like graduate boost and get accepted to a university. Interesting. Yeah. So, so they, was they this cut the was going well, so what was the point of going to Rhode Island basically to see if these Yeah, it's uh, a weeding out know, process, right? NCOs or could could even get through the, you know, academic aspect of even getting through school? Yes, because e- those those classes you took which they transfer to almost every major university in the country. Yeah. So, so it's not like those yep. 10 months were lost on anything or, you know, that the Marine Corps was giving anything up. You basically were a semester ahead in a couple core classes. And so the professors, right. they're all hand-selected so, and understand their role is not just to teach us, but also to identify, you know, like people that may not make it, right? And there's different. Was it challenging, or was it like any other college course? Nah, it was like any other college course. I, I, I'll tell you. So was people just in Newport, Rhode Island, just ripping it, it up? Or exactly, what? man. <laughs> You've been up to Newport. It's a nice you? spot to rip yeah. it up, dude. Oh God, yeah, dude. Well, great. You get lost in there real quick. Well, look, man. I mean, clearly, yeah. You know, uh, well, at least three of us, three of us, as far as the Marine Corps being enlisted, 
it's not a shock factor to th- know that 24% of, of no. some enlisted guys only passed that. So, like, there's some incredible war fighters in the Marine Corps. It in the probably. Enlisted, but when you talk about applying that academically, look, just because they can, you know, they're hard chargers and move forward. Don't mean they smart, man. Like that's the truth. Like, hey. well, it doesn't even necessarily mean they're not smart either. I mean, well, think about how many fucking booze bags too, we know. Yeah. If they, if they had, if they, if they had had this boost in fucking bumfuck Mississippi, everyone would have crushed it. The fuck, you gonna do? I mean, Newport, you got the water, you got chicks, you got tourists. I mean, well, that's what you that's have just like, uh, you're sending Marines. Exactly. You're sending Marines over there, dude. It's fucking, yeah. what do you think's going to happen? You're setting them up for failure, right? That's the idea. Because when you go to right. college, I guess that's right? the test. So I, I went to Ohio State, right? And, and, and you have the Oval. And so during the spring and summer, I mean, it's just packed. It, and you can just, it's the youth, right? So you got women in bathing suits, even though there ain't no water there and, Dudes out there wearing, you know, silkies, right? But then laughing at us for wearing silkies in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, you, you got that going on at college, too. So, you know, it's a test. Like, how bad do you really want it? Well, going back to it don't make you smarter, dumb. I've met a lot of people done graduated college don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was going to say that, we, too. We, we I'm, I'm one of them, you know. Like, it, it, like, I don't believe in the current education system we God have. No. Not well, even close. It teaches you, and this, and this is what they talk about, what a four-year, oh, you need a four-year bachelor degree, whatever it is. It teaches you that you can start a task, do it for a select amount of time, and then pass the task. Yeah. It's doesn't discipline. mean you know anything. And, that, and, that's, and that's the problem is that, like, there's no specialty in the aspect of it. Because when you talk about, like, I got a business degree. It's okay. What do you know? Well, I can use Word. Okay. I can use Microsoft, whatever, you know, the whole ask, like, okay, but like, what do you know about business? I don't know shit, dude. Like, right. So, so when you, exactly to your point and what you're talking about, and I think what the Marine Corps does effective and the Army does it as well, it's a DOD kind of training and education command. Like, we're, we have that, that standard umbrella is, you know, you always do, right, you got to teach. And then you have your practical application, then you have your practical examination. But you always, it's like, okay, the class is 30 minutes, and then you're spending four hours during practical application actually learning how to utilize or use that piece of equipment or whatever it may be or do that tactic or make that radio transmission, whatever it is. Except we do what? In school, we say sit in this classroom for 45 minutes because that's what we think is a good time for a teacher to teach you something, and then she's going to give you two hours of homework. Well, if all right. if all six of your teachers do that, yep. that's twelve hours. You got no hands. You got no hand, and you got no hands-on application to anything you do. None of it at all, right? And then you have unrealistic right. yeah. expectations that were set on a developing mind. So it sets them up to think they can't complete tasks and have to be hand walked through everything. Sounds about right. Sean and I took yeah. a couple um, online classes while we were in in Al Assad, man. Sean, you remember me taking that biology class, and I literally had I had to make a mobile of a cell, and I reached out to this teacher. I was like, I want you to understand. I was like, I'm in Iraq. Like, I know I'm at Al Assad <laughs> Air Base, and you probably don't know what the hell that is, but like, no, she was like, there, go to the PX. There ain't they a, got there ain't a cra- thirteen. <laughs> there ain't a craft store out here, you know. So like, bro, I had to you ain't going down to Michaels. I had to make it, dude. I had to make a cell on like a shoebox type dude. And so I said, dude, it was the mo- I, God. I honestly, I wish I'd have saved it. 
Because it was the most get. I mean, there's just nails and like 550 cord, like Dale and this thing text. It was the most. And I, and I have to like, and I literally had to. T- so you submitted things with photos. So but I'm she like, passed you, right? Oh, dude, I crushed biology. You crushed it. I crushed, but it was See, she looked at that because I was like, I, ingenuity. He, he's man. paying attention so much. Enough, he he yeah. poured into doing this. Like you're you're good. Help she me just, out, man. Got yeah. me got me bio 101 when I got to to the next level of, of education. But it just comical because i'm like i do want you to understand that like i'm gonna do this but like i don't have pipettes and and jelly beans and whatever the hell i gotta do to make this damn cell model for you like i got sean sean were you in the same class (laughs) no no he didn't take that bio class what class were were you no i did I was cruising through some English classes, some psych class. It was easy, man. Oh, general electric College classes? College is, honest to God, a joke. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. So let me ask I, you. I, I went to UMass Boston for a little bit when I got out as so, well. So, I mean, I was uh, I barely graduated high school. I, I think a lot of it's effort, too, and caring. And, you know, like you said, when you go to Newport Island, they're testing you. How much do you care? How much do you want it? Yeah, you right. Know? Well, I think you're also finding yourself in high school as well. Oh, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're finding yourself. My, um, my sister gets so upset. When I, was finding, so uh, I was, I was finding, uh, I was finding weed, finding alcohol. <laughs> I was finding a lot of things. <laughs> and you still ain't found them yet, have you, Sean? It's there in college. Well, I, I tell my sister's <laughs> kids, my niece and my nephew, I tell them college is a scam. And she gets so pissed off at me. I'm like, I'm trying to save you a hundred. Well, how, how old are these kids, you fucking idiot? They're 13 and nine. And I'm like, look, you don't need <laughs> yeah, to go to college. Develop no, some no, no, I skills. Don't think, I agree. Develop some skills. Go to a trade school. Jo- hell, join the military if you want to. But learn something practical. On-the-job training. Go learn how to be a, a, a journeyman and then get your master's in fucking, I don't know, new construction plumbing. You'll never no, have to I, clean I mean, shitter. realistically, yeah, dude. Do I wish I went to a trade school in high school? Fuck yeah, dude. I didn't fucking, I played sports and I fucking didn't give a shit about anything. I, I didn't pay attention to shit. But I still could have taken my fucking ninth grade education from a trade school learned something and still went to college and crushed it on effort only. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're, te- I mean, if anything, you should be telling your sister to send them now in high school and then, you know, they, they can decide what they want to do after that. But I'm just I mean, some, some of these kids need to go to school. I'm trying to save her some money, man. Cause I don't think these, these college kids that come out now, they do not. Oh, know I agree. Shit. It's ridiculous. They, I, they I mean, just... they don't know shit. I get it. But all, yeah. And, and it's just, you're fucking, everyone's broke. Broke so, going to college. All these kids want to go to the Ohio States, the, you know, the Michigans, the Texas universities, all these schools that are astronomically UGA. high. And yeah, UGA, you name it, dude, all these big schools. And you could go to fucking community college, cruise through that, get you. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're doing these job applications, it's just a piece of paper that says you have a bachelor's degree, you have a master's degree. You have a doctorate at this place. It's no one really fucking, no one's looking at your transcript to see what you were actually doing, the grades you got. You just got a piece of paper. Just how much did you pay for it? Mm-hmm. I will say I, most of the people I know that went to college and did well in college, they did develop good social skills. So that's one, one thing. You know, sure. they know how to do a keg stand and puke and rally. <laughs> And make friends, but I mean, in terms of what they're teaching in the classrooms, it ain't worth shit. That should be on the entrance exam for any job. Is like, all right, let's see your keg stand. <laughs> what's, what's, what's your what's your shotgun style? Like, let's like that's because then kids would really excel. You'd get that job. 
I think UGA probably do pretty well. <laughs> You'd get yeah. that job. No, well, I mean, even would. the universities are, are starting to change, too. I mean, they have construction management now where you can go in and be field like a superintendent, uh, project management. Oh, that's good. Uh, or even safety, like, it, you know, the safety manager, safety professional. Well, there are so, aspects to like you said, yeah, there are aspects yeah. to that to say that it's if you have a a specialty. So uh, you've got that's a four-year right. specialty. That's a difference than a four-year degree. So business doesn't teach you anything talking about being you know if you're you're a safety official or a construction you know management or something like you actually have a skill into some type of profession and that and right. that makes a bigger you know that's the same thing as saying like are right, you're a plumber you're an hvac guy a welder like you know how to do something there's actually a specialty to it but when you just say you know generally business or communication or fine arts or you know even on the bottom end of like biology, like, yeah, that means you know about biology, but like, where are you going to use that? Because if you're going to go into the scientific aspect of biology, you might get a, an intern job at like some, some science office or some research place, but they want the, you know, they want the master's or PhD. Yeah, they're going to sell you that yeah. next degree. That's what, and that's where it comes to. That's what it's it, all about. Yeah. It's business, man. Before anything else, education is a business. 100%. Yeah, it has to be. Yep. Right. Dude, it, it, one of the biggest problems we got in all these elite schools run by a bunch of fucking fools is, you know, we have, we have deans of equity now. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, some some uh some conservative judge was invited to speak at Stanford Law School, and these kids like fucking lost it on this guy. You know that you can't just sit in here and listen to to um, to a man who's certainly earned his way to where he's at. Probably great at his job, good at his job, educated. You can't sit down and just listen to what the man has to say. You probably learn something. By the way, he was you know, Supreme, and they just cried their way out, too. and then. And then a fucking a, a dean of equity comes in and starts ripping his ass too, and it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? So this is how you do it: you are extremely close-minded, yep. and you actually don't believe in equity. Yeah, that's Absolutely. how you accomplish it. Yeah, well, the, yeah, re, and that was that whole classroom. Equity. They basically just shit on themselves. Reverse yeah, reverse equity, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it doesn't make any sense. You, know, you uh, talk, you talk yeah. about the big colleges, man, and yeah. and the thing that. You know what's more beneficial in the big colleges, and, and really any college, but if you're talking about wanting a business, so regardless of what your degree is, it's fraternities and sororities. And, you and got athletics. A, you got a, and Well, and athletics, yeah. and, and you got a better chance taking a business degree but being – look, I don't, I don't know fraternity names, but let's say a, a, a Phi Kappa whatever. I don't – you got a better chance with that, that fraternity and your business degree to get it because – if the president of that company or if the hiring manager of that company or whoever, you know, is a Phi cap or whatever as well, that's going to look better more. They don't give a shit. Like that's, that's another brotherhood. I know. So we talk about the military brotherhood fraternities and sororities, their own brother, brotherhood and sisterhood. So th that's some of the things they look at. So like you got a four year degree and whatever, that's all right. You're a, you're a cap of mu or you're a five beta this, like that's more important to them to be in like, Oh, you actually got a, a, a degree in this, like, nah, this is the brother or a sister, and they pull that more so. Like, it's that's the a lambda, lambda, lambda. Yeah. The, well, because the, they know they know the standard that comes out of there. Understood, and and there is and, there and, is, and, and if you them. don't hold that standard, you're gone. You don't stay in. And some of the those fraternity. Some of those are definitely higher structure too. Yeah. And, and you see that when yeah, you talk absolutely. to people in certain fraternities and sororities, like there is a standard. I mean, you're talking about people getting kicked out of these things two years in. 
because of things they've done. Like, so generally, you get through rush, you get in, you got a year. Hey, it is what it is. You're talking about, you know, guys and girls getting kicked out of these things two, three years in for things that they've done. Because, like, hey, that look, we get wild, but there is still this standard, and you broke that. Like, you're done. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so when you some get, of those dude, some of those sick fucks in those fraternities would be great fucking like corporals or lance corporals no oh, hell yeah hazing tactics in those frats they're all sorts of fucked oh there's yes, what they there's, are there's one going on right now there's a lawsuit going on over some poor kid that they tied to a chair yeah pissed on him i think they shit on him all kinds now, of Now, was that a fraternity thing? I, yeah. I did see the video and the guy was like the girl was like put it on world star and i was like bro your face is in front like you're you're fucked. You're you walked in front of the camera. Was like, put it on World Star. As you're watching it, like you're done, dude. Yeah. Like but I, you might be with o, Omega. Oh yeah, you might be at Omega Phi Kappa, but you're fucked because like now you're on damn like Fox and CNN being like <laughs> this dickhead pissed on this kid. Man, just thank God that they didn't have cell phones with oh, cameras while we, we were, were in school. Ooh. Oh yeah. So we'll turn this around, man. This yeah. Some, a, some some so yeah yeah go ahead. No 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 go ahead say. It. Oh no! I like you were just saying all the stupid shit just comes back to bite you. Some some kid was at a bar recently. He's like some some hockey player. He I don't know if you guys saw the video. He just tossed some like fucking disabled person's wheelchair down a flight of stairs. Just tossed it down. Man, like you know that's that don't get off the internet, man. Like that that that's the toughest part about all. It's this fucking day and age we live in, man. You gotta be the sharing damn near squeaky clean. Yeah. Well, you. It's it's like a it's like a weapon now though right you pick and choose so you never expose everything you, you pick and choose what you want um, and and you you put labels on people and like you know I mean we used to we used to call that segregation yeah mm. well you, you know you talk about the internet aspect of this and it's I mean this is a very short time you think within ten years ago they were talking about hey. Dude, don't send don't send nu- naked photos, man. Don't send these pics because they're gonna be on the internet. Now everybody does it to the point where like it's taken away. Like you with the Money. with the whole aspect of OnlyFans and then and people there there are guys and girls in college and then doing shit together. These these kids are making hundred thousand dollars a year getting getting naked and doing shit online. Where it's like they told you when the internet started ramping up, they're like, dude, like. I understand you want to send that dick pic, or you want to see that and send that tick pic. They're like, understand that shit hits the internet. It's there forever. Now you don't have to worry about it. The only problem you got to worry about is that when you finally do settle down, you got kids, 15 years down the road, you know, Johnny or Sally is like, finds a, a video of mom getting banged out by three dudes in her, in her, you know, sorority room. And you're like, <laughs> shit. And then you find out, yeah, mom made a hundred grand that year doing that same kind of shit. So like, I guess you deal when it when it comes, but it, it it like that isn't even a component anymore. Like it, it's it's almost been pointed. It's like, you know, with with the whole like, hey, my body, my choice, do this kind of thing. like it is. And I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying like it's funny to see how like in such a short time span, it went from being like be cautious with sending that photo because all it takes is somebody uploading it, and it's like there's your career to the point of now it's like now it is a career. It is a career, it and I don't know if it's gonna now. be. I don't know. If, if you decide to run for Congress 30 years down the road, even if they're like, oh, yeah, but do you remember that video, those videos you put up on uh, on OnlyFans? Yeah, I had great tits. What do you want to say about it? Oh, okay. 
Well, then it'll yes, be back yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, that might be, that might be a thing. Yeah. 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 Let's put them back up, please. Can, can, can road, we take a look at those again? There's still uh, – <laughs> That might be the running still material. Teachers, there, there, there have been teachers and nurses and other people fired in, in, the, in the past year or two from, from we, you know, dude, we had a parents or, or coworkers mm-hmm. finding – Finding their only fans, so I mean, I'm sure in the next couple of years it's going to be like it'll be. Yeah, it'll I mean, be well, if, you your, think, if your student, it's it's her second job. If her student wants to buy her only fans, then fuck it. Well, when you, you know, who knows? Man, the only who knows? She's staying we live in an upside down world. Healthcare. Yeah, that's well, the only reason. I do think, probably. Yeah, I do think this stuff comes in waves, though, and I do think that there are a lot. See, we're talking about the ones that may, the ones that we see, right? The ones oh, yeah. that are online putting it all out there. There's a lot of young people that oh, yeah, are sure. developing a much more conservative mindset. And I, I think this shit might swing back the other way at some point it because will. these people who are getting disciplined, doing the work, getting ahead in their careers, they're going to be the ones in charge. And when they're hiring all these people who done had their tits out and had their asshole hanging out on the internet and all this other shit, you ain't going to have jobs. So it's it's a further segregation of society, but I don't know. Maybe that's what we need. So what he's saying to all you lovely only fans out there is have a retirement plan. Mm. So let's break into a commercial here. Hey. This would be a great sponsor for, you know, somebody who has a financial firm. Exactly. Could have led right hey, into that. that. I, actually know Marine. <laughs> I actually know Marine. He's 0311, and uh, he, he has a foundation, 03XX Foundation, and he is a financial advisor. I host his radio okay, show. Okay, we should give him a call Melbourne. and tell him to start taking in all the take only fans money, and put start it, building take, their take retirement plans money, now. Put it in CDs, put it in yeah. free markets. He, that's right. Build it, baby. He's so damn funny. He's more conservative than yeah, he's, he's 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 he says he's middle of the road, but I mean he raises his children very strict and everything. But he'll be telling me about these girls that he sees on TikTok and all this other shit. I'm like, bro, you need to get off that shit. You are fifty, you fucking fifty one years old, I think now. But he's a good dude. We gotta have him on. I will say I'm I'm probably quite the loser in this aspect. I I do not own a TikTok account. Neither do I. Uh, Shit's Chinese spyware, man. But my wife does, and apparently if if <laughs> oh, no. if someone on your like service. Like your Wi-Fi has TikTok. Like, I, 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 from what I've heard, it can literally access. So if you're on the same Wi-Fi account type deal, and someone's got it, like it can literally pull information from that account. So it's pulling information from your account. So like, I'm I'm screwed in the back end, but I've kind of just made a stance to not do it. So it just is what it is. Well, but, yeah, this brings us to another problem of what the hell are our tax dollars being spent on? I mean, that's that's a defense mechanism. That's that's why we have Cyber Command. Well, they should be setting up these defenses and a and basically putting up the walls to not allow. And, and, and you know who to, did do to, that to or tried through. to do that? Donnie T. Well, made they, the comments to so, try to like put restrictions on it, and that was like literally blown up. Like, ah, there's a bill right now that. that they're putting through. It's called the Restrict Act, and they're selling it as, oh yeah, this is going to ban TikTok. Has no, doesn't say TikTok anywhere in there. It's all about being able to prosecute Americans. For what you post online, if they if they think that is sabotage or seditious to information or technology or elections in America, there's a guy who just got 10 years in prison because he posted a meme back in 2016. All right. And it was uh, you can text your vote for Hillary. That's what he said. And I mean, obviously, that's a troll. And if you fall for that, you're a fucking moron. Like it said, skip the line, text your vote. And be a part of history or something like that. And it said Hillary 2016, <laughs> all this other shit. That he got is 10 funny. years in prison. 10 years in prison for a troll. So that just shows you that Hillary Clinton has committed all those crimes. Mm. Well, look, mate, no lie there. So I believe right. you just got us indicted. 
Hey, well, there we, hey, yeah. I might have. Again, that was Jason Quinn that said that. <laughs> I can't, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna raid the bunker here, and it's game over, dude. Hey, look, we ain't going down easy. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm. So, kind of turn on this, man. This has been a very informative, I think, and interesting chat here. But Jason, I want to ask you, man. You you had some some time in, and um, that's that's a lot of years to have some some fun and wild experience, like. You got some stories for us, man. Some 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 funny ones, something like that that just kind of lights it up for you. Yeah, there's so many of them. It, it's hard to remember. We can all get of you them. back on too, man. So you, you know? just you, you start um, where you want. But so we went down to uh, Puerto Rico in '97. Yeah, it was '97. Pre-internet. In, uh, Good days. Yes, yes. So you know, we fly down on a C-130. We do low-level static line out the back. Uh, you know, and jump in push everything out, low-level static line. Um, and then we go we go get a, collect up all our shit, go to the barracks, get settled in, right? And, of course, good old Marine Corps fashion. Everybody's there, accountability, all the gear, the weapons are locked up, blah, blah, blah. You got your fucking rack. You're good to go. Liberty. Oh, shit. I mean, we just flew, like, literally flew from Camp Lejeune that day, like, Cherry Point, like, flew out and jumped the same day Settled into Puerto Rico and went out that night in Puerto Rico. Ooh, dope. Okay, so that's it was very fun. That's woodland BDUs, by the way, right? Yes, Black yes, boots. Yes. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. That's, yeah, that's, that's the tricolor. Little, little, where little we still had to spit. Yeah, little old core. Spit polish, okay. so we're coming back on to to the base, and we're in a bus. All right, and we are just hammered. I mean, we're inebriated. We're we're gone. We're done. I'm sitting there, like leaned on the window. Not even remembering half the shit of the ride home that happened on the bus. But I do remember the MP getting on the bus and wanting all of our IDs. And the corporal, because we said no names, opens up the back of the bus. And it's good old school bus, big white Marine Corps school bus, right? And the alarm goes, bang, a little buzzer goes off. He jumps out the back of the bus and starts to run, (laughs) right? Because he thinks there's only the gate guard. He thinks it's only one gate guard. And so he's just going to run and run on the base because he thinks we're all getting in trouble. So the MPs look at this guy like, what the fuck is he doing? He darts like straight for the fence and starts climbing this like 15, 16-foot fence. Go go on the base, right? (laughs) The MP walks over to him, opens the gate that's like right where he's climbing, walks through the other side. The guy falls off. He picks him up and handcuffs him. He just grabs him. him. (laughs) (laughs) And then here's the best part, though. Is everybody that stayed on the bus, they just took our asses back to the barracks and made sure we got in the rack. Yeah. And that was it. And our night was over. <laughs> this part, dude. Is it the old Puerto Rican oh, Marine man. Corps bridge? Well, let's just Brig? say he yeah, he hung out <laughs> he hung out with Gunny. So it was oh, it was either go to the base commander, right? Go yep. go see the Nate, you know, the admiral at base and receive your punishment, your captain's mass, or or the gunny could take care of him. So he chose he chose the gunny, and for you, those of you that know, we'll, gunny we'll leave that at that. Yeah, gunny all day. That, that was a that was a fun night. Mm. That's a that's a good one, dude. Yeah. Hey, d- look, and obviously you being on both sides, you I being wish- on both sides, man. Hey, I'm going I'm going enlisted all day, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now you get in that first sergeant range, it gets a little weird because they start acting a fool. Give me a master Th- sergeant if I got to, but like first sergeant's kind of weird because they uh, they love the admin aspect, but. Um, Give me a gunny all day, too. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's hit or miss, right? Like, I think if you get an infantry gunny, this is no knock. I mean, there's a lot of hard-charging gunnies out there that, yeah. that just kick ass, um, you know, 
and but there's just something about a infantry gunny who spent two years in weapons company mm-hmm. as the company guns. Yep. And for those that know, that means he's he tells the sergeant major and the battalion commander to fuck off. Pretty much. It's and a- they listen. Well, that's the great thing about getting a rocker and then obviously getting two and three after. Like, once you get that rocker, man, it's hard to lose. And you oh, get I- two of them. Ooh, that's even that's even more like so you can you can say things at times where you know others others would question it and it's it goes a long way may not be tactful but it goes a long way man yeah it I was a uh, I was in a battalion commander's office one time and we were we were talking about deployment to Afghanistan I was taking a company a recon company to to Afghanistan and and so you know we're talking about that and the, the logistics and all this stuff you know master guns walks in. And he looks at me and he goes, get the fuck out. And I'm like, okay. And I just got out. I'm a captain. I just was like, okay. I didn't say shit. I just walked out. The fucking door slams. <laughs> I hear this yelling for about 15, maybe 20 seconds. The door opens back up. He looks. He goes, you can go the fuck back in if you want. And he walked out and left the <laughs> battalion, like left. And I was like, I ain't fucking going back in there. <laughs> I went back to my office. Yeah, I was like, yeah. we'll figure that shit out later. <laughs> Dude, that, who, who is he? Who is he ripping? Oh, the, who the is battalion he commander. You know, so the the master. Guns, yeah, any idea what that was about? No, it's probably it, it probably had something to do with division and a, an upcoming exercise and some things that were going on and probably overcommitted to. Which is and the master right, guns told right. him not to with all the other things, but like in good old Lieutenant Colonel fashion, when you get in front of a two-star general, yep. oh, I, I, I have to be able to do it. Sir, what do you want? Do you, do you want me to send a recon company to Afghanistan and these two companies on this training exercise, or do you really need three fucking companies at this training exercise? I, I bet that's what it was about. Something similar. Dude, mm-hmm. look, obviously it wasn't my, my everyday experience, but every Master Guns I've ever met is – usually pretty damn chill for their position i mean that's that's a long time to be in the marine corps and and that is a when you talk about untouchable positions like you're not you ain't got that bursting bomb for no reason man like that's there's some there's a shit ton of weight behind it man and when they're fired up dude hell hath no fury man like dude like get the fuck out of the way but i don't i I've seen master guns get on to people, but like it's traditional, like getting on to people. I've never seen one on a true fired up position, and at least in that context, like busted. And like, I'll be honest, I don't know if I want to. No, you you do and you don't, right? It depends yeah, on what yeah, end you're on. Which, yeah, which right? side? What, what side you're a one way mirror behind a wall yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Are you on the business end of it, or are you actually standing behind it? Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I agree too. Even even as an officer, you know, I mean, I retired as a major. So again, I graduated Ohio State, and in I was like 06, or you know, then I I deployed to uh, Ramadi in 08, uh, and then in Afghanistan 10 and 11 in uh, Marja. Actually, was in Sistani, and then deployed again in Afghanistan in 12. I uh, took a recon company out there, and we worked directly for division, uh, and we ran all the southern Helmand province. So we did operations as far as north as Bar Nauzad, all the way down through the Fish Hook. Okay. Um, yeah. And so like to, to that point of, of the story with like with master guns and, you know, one of the other things was, is when 
when you're challenged to do something by authority and you know it's wrong, you, you, you got some methods in which you can utilize to convince people. You can argue all day long, face to just sit there and argue. Or you can say, okay, you want me to do that? You can go back and you can do all the planning and you can come back and say, okay, this is what's going to happen in the plan. Are you willing to assume that risk? And if the answer is yes, well, then you know what you're in for and what you're up against. I mean, that can mean the end of conflict. Mm -hmm. Well, then, yeah, that, that's an actual uh, – sign me up for that. I'll give my life gladly to end the conflict. If you told me I could give up my life and everybody could go home, nobody, Taliban, everybody would be friendly, be peaceful, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I think every DOD member would do that. We all write blank checks. Right. Yep. But that that that's not what this is about. It's about that. So you, you do your due diligence and show them. And, you know, we did that as a as a recon company. And, I you know, I challenged all my platoon commanders and platoon sergeants to do that. And we got assigned a mission uh, to go and we were all amped up about it. We ran it through the planet. We were all oh, man, we wanted this bad. I mean, we we're talking about some very high level targets and it was going to be a daylight raid. This is why the soft could not, because, you know, the schedules. Yep. Right? Can't disrupt it. And it's just like, look, here, here it is at best. But here's the beautiful thing. The general actually said, you're right. And that collateral damage compared to that is what I need to go ahead and fire that right now. And so we killed those high-value targets without losing a single life. That's awesome. When we could have just argued and then said, well, we'll fucking do it anyway so I can get promoted to major. What? That's ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Problem is, I mean, with, with any, any aspect, I'm sure any branch, that's, that's the aspect, is that as much as it is, it's a job. And, and, and it is a self, you know, it's not necessarily a self-serving job. In some of those positions, it is because the understanding is like, there are a lot of people that join the the military, like myself, dude, I was, I knew I was four. I was four and done. I knew, I knew day two in boot camp being screamed at by my dad. I was like, yep, dude, once my four is over. And, and I even extended, I, I gave myself an additional nine months to go on that deployment, but I was like, I'm done. But there are people that have that higher calling. So, I mean, that, that makes sense. And, um, curious on you when you said that now, when you got out, you got your commission, were you in recon the whole time? So no, I, <clears throat> I was in, uh, the infantry. So, so my officer career, it was all it was infantry except for the the second half of it. So the first like six years, I was with the two nine. So so, so you were yeah. at two nine in Ramadi. Yeah, I was with two nine in Ramadi. So and then is I was with two nine in Afghanistan as well. Is two so is two nine the Walking Dead? Yeah, no, that's one nine. One nine. Okay, yeah, two nine so, is hell in a helmet. Okay, so two nine yeah. or one nine is well, so I was in Ramadi in 07. Yeah. Um, 07 through 08, I believe. Yeah, yeah, 07 through 08. So we rip, so, we rip with 1-9. Yeah, so you guys are the ones that, like, brought the fighting down. Down, And went yes. through the awakening so by, so by and the had time, a very tumultuous. That, I mean, that, that had to be tough. Well, you don't so, know who's enemy or not. Well, I said, we, yeah, it was, yeah. it was weird because, like, we, we had, and I say we, I mean my unit and not me particularly. Sure. But it, with 1-8, with like, so 1-8 had a, a really good, I guess, as far as you can say, turnover with i believe that was two five as well so two five or three five in that context so 
Now they were they were there was some hot and heavy with them in the very beginning, and then obviously they, but they got, got rocks though. They 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 got they got hit a little bit in the beginning, and then but right before them, that six months before them was when Ramadi was banging. Yes. And yeah. so I mean you're talking about crazy, and then like so whoever we ripped with, like I said, I, I'm not two five three five. I can't I, I can't remember, but whoever we ripped with, they caught the you know the very back end of that. So it slowed down. So by the time we got there, it was slowing down. Now there's still stuff going on. We had things going on there and there, but. Crazy enough, and I and I say this in context, but like when we ripped with one nine, literally as soon as we did our we finished our um one nine was ripping both sides of this post. As we were ripping as we were ripping Ramadi, you know, front post and back uh front like front post and back post of the, of the EP, they got hit. I left on I left on on the the early the early whatever that that bird was. And when they were ripping, man, that was when that video came out. They got hit with that huge SV bid that oh. blew up the back gate and ended up killing, I think it was a one nine and like a, a one nine and like a three five guy on their base because and that was and like we hadn't had shit on on like actual Camp Ramadi in months, you know, pop shot here or there like occasionally and had nothing and they literally as they were in the middle of the rip and, and the, those two dudes the crazy part about it and and obviously this is just the Marine Corps nature of that that thing started that that SV bid started coming through these two dudes. One from one nine, I think one from three five. And I, and I apologize if I'm wrong on that. So anybody listening, if you, if you do get that, then I, you know, whoever the unit is, let us know. But whoever they were ripping with, these two Marines locked down on this post, hammered down on this freaking car. IA, I, IA and IP running for their lives, mm-hmm. and these two dudes hammered down, hammered, end up stopping this guy and stopped him like fifty yards short. But the dude had, I don't remember the, the actual poundage inside of this thing, but it was so big that the explosion and concussions end up killing them in their post. Yeah, that's they why they put up move. those ridiculously tall T-walls yep. out there at Camp Ramadi. Yep. And, yeah, that's the RCT commander was just terrified. I mean, yep. he, like, fortified that place beyond reason. Yeah, You know, it, but I, there's understanding to that. Yeah, as well, and and, and it know. gives you purpose, and and I say all that on the back end. So over the first three months that I hit that base, uh, and I may have said this already in in the previous podcast. First first three months I hit that base, I got put on on EP watch. I was standing guard, eight on, sixteen on, twenty four off, and I jokingly say that's like, but my twenty four off wasn't twenty four off. It was I'm fueling trucks, I'm grabbing food, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like it wasn't time down, but. Did that three straight months, and we were on the front gate. And I'll never forget, we were running, we were manning this, this. Um, I think it was an army tank. It was a 113, one of those small little tanks. And all it, all we used it for was to block this gate. It was the last gate to come in, and we used it to block this gate. But I'm getting off post one day, and I'm climbing out of the back of this. And so you climb up the top of this thing and kind of scurry down the back, top and then back of this. And I stood up one time, and I'll jump down. Never forget this Navy SEAL standing there. Dude. Shaved ass head, huge red beard, staring at me. He's like, uh, and he, it was something along the lines of like, "How long you been here?" I was like, "I don't know. We've been here like, you know, on this post like three weeks." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay." He's like, "Well, you might want to make sure you get off that that tank a little bit lower next time." He's like, "He's like, I lost a good friend there like seven months ago," and I was like, "What?" He's like, and "I'm like, excuse me." He's like, "Dude stood up, moving off a truck, and literally took a sniper from the city outside." And I can't remember what it wasn't Ramadi. It was one of those small cities. He's like, literally took a sniper from the city outside dropped him right there off the tank he's like so just a little word to the wise you know be mindful he's like but might want to get off that tank a little bit a little bit 
lower next time. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, roger that. I mean, and I'm talking to the ceiling. I'm like, okay, dude, like big dog. And I, 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 yeah, clearly, I mean, I'm a true boot at this point. So I was like, yeah, man, absolutely, you know. And then in, in true Marine Corps fashion, I think like five days later, one of our dickheads drove that tank into one of the giant T-walls, cracked it. So they took it. So they, so they took the tank away, and we got a Humvee to block that last gate. But that I'll never forget. He was like, "Dude, it was hot, man." So, yeah, that's that's it. Well, shit, man. That was a uh, that was a good run, man. I, Jason, dude, I appreciate you coming out. Sean, you got anything to follow up with? Oh man, I was just listening. I, I mean, I could talk to him for hours. Dude, you know, we'll, we'll I, have I got back. plenty of questions, shit, and I have plenty of questions for him yeah. for sure. Well, it's always interesting to get um, to have the enlisted and obviously the the officer side on this too. So, um, definitely have you back, man. If you want to come back, check this out. Actually, hey, before we leave, get out of here. You've got something going on locally here. You want to you want to promote that real quick? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm starting up my skateboarding business, and it's crazy how we're in the bunker, and it's bunker skateboards. Nice. Um, we're up. I primarily am up at uh, Cherokee Veterans Park uh, right now, looking to partner with the county and building more skate park up there. We have 17,000 square foot of skate park, and people will say, well, you got a skate park. Why do you need more? Well, it's like this. If you built a Little League field, well, don't you want to build a professional field so, you, so your guys can progress in baseball and we can actually have, like, high school baseball? Absolutely. Well, it's the same thing with skateboarding. Like, you built us a little Little League field. Uh, you know, we need the next level. Yeah. I actually, uh, I've been running up there. That's a nice park. It is very nice. And yes. and if you see the green space that's up there, it's Plenty. actually set aside for phase two skate park development if needed within the community. Okay. And I would argue it absolutely is because when they built the park, they didn't take into consideration any scooters, BMX, or anybody over the age of 18 for that matter. And I'm 40, going to be 45 this year, and I still skateboard. Fair yeah. enough, man. So, yeah, that's that, awesome, but that's, that's what great. we got going on locally, you know, and there's more to come with that, you know, some nonprofit work that'll come out of that, both for veterans uh, from existing nonprofits, not something I'll create, but then there's some skateboard nonprofits. I'm working with some professional skateboarders right now to look at doing some underprivileged youth work and, you know, instilling values back into our youth. Dude, that's man. awesome, man. It's always nice to talk to a good leader. And you can tell by somebody, like, just by their demeanor in, like, the first five minutes you meet somebody. So, appreciate you, man. Well, and, and, and you know, just to touch on that real quick, you said nonprofit. You guys got another event coming up in Woodstock, right? Oh, yeah. We got the military. So, we got military veteran community. We call it the Milvet Meetup. And anybody who's listening to this in Cherokee County, you're probably one of the 14,000-plus veterans that we have in this county alone. So we stood this event, uh, so we stood that up, that group, and it's just networking. That's all it is. It's just a networking group, nothing else. It's share information. So we said, hey, since we're a group, we're partnered with Reformation. Let's do Red, White, and Brews down in go. Woodstock on May 27th. Um, got two great nonprofits. Got uh, Shepherd's Men that we'll be supporting, and they treat uh, veterans, post-9-11 veterans who suffer from traumatic brain injury at no cost to the veteran. And then we got Honor and Remember uh, that they're a Gold Star family profit, uh, you know, and their their mission uh, is to support those Gold Star families and to make sure that their loved ones are are never uh, forgotten, that their names are always spoken. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great event. Uh, Reformation's working on the lineup. Okay. And uh, marketing material should hopefully be out now. 
You said May 27th. May 27th. Yep. So Reformation May in Woodstock. Yeah, yeah, so if you're go. around the local area, please come check it out. May 27th, Reformation, Woodstock, Georgia. We're going to have yeah. live music. It's going to be a vendors, lot of fun. Vendors, food, stuff like that. Come come support the uh, the local veterans. If you are a veteran, come support. If you know somebody that's a veteran, you just want to do something right for, yeah, I mean, for those uh, that gave theirs. So if y'all know who uh, Kurt Wheeler is, yeah, absolutely. He, he's, on the, he's on the ticket. Okay. Look, it's cold beer. It sells itself. Come yeah. out and drink hey, one. That's what it is. That's what it is. Okay, so we'll go ahead and jump off, man. Hey, guys, appreciate y'all being here. Jason, thank you very much. Yeah, thank y'all so much. Dr. Thanks, Payne. Jason. Dr. Adios. Payne, thank you. Sean Wilson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. And I again, uh, Martin Wilson. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for checking out the uh, Inebriated Debrief. And uh, you can always check us out on Facebook, Instagram. we got a website, merch, all that stuff coming. So enjoy your evening. <laughs>